Get unfiltered lessons from our leaders at AHF as we uncover real, raw stories of where we came from and where we are going. Join us for an unscripted look at the connections our senior leadership have to our mission, core values, and hot initiatives. AHF is the world's largest HIV AIDS service organization operating in 45 countries globally, 16 states domestically, including DC and Puerto Rico. Our mission is to provide cutting edge medicine and advocacy, regardless of ability to pay. Hello, and welcome to the After Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hogan, serving as your liaison to take you through this journey to learn more about AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Before we start the show, please make sure to remember to check out the show notes so you can follow along. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our After Hours podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lauren Hogan, and today I have got a beautiful group of people with me, um, probably know them a little too well. Um, We're going to be discussing a few topics of what happens internally on our marketing and communication side. So um, welcome to the show, you guys. So really quickly, I'm just going to go around the square, just have you guys introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your role at AHF. So Kevin, go ahead and start. Kevin Pankovicic, I am the Director of Marketing uh, for AHF uh, in the United States. I've been with the company for six years, um, and basically uh, me and Max and a couple of the other directors in this department, just we do all the events, the marketing, the advertising, a client engagement, etc. My name is Ebony Crispin. I am the Director of Legislative Affairs and Community, community Engagement for AHF South. Uh, so I cover the southern part of the United States, the Caribbean Island in South America, and I have been with the organization for uh, about eight years. Uh, my name is Max Alvarez. I am the Director of Events and Community Engagement uh, for AHF. I've been with AHF for five years, um, and I work together with all the uh, local team in the region uh, to coordinate um, all events that take place for AHF. So just going to dive right in. Um, why do you guys feel um, that AHF felt the need to start hosting events like International Condom Day and you know World AIDS Day and various marches and protests, et cetera? Ebony, do you want to start and kind of talk, talk about the South Florida perspective? Sure. Um, I think certainly now, but even before COVID, it was important for people, it's important for people to engage. Um, I heard it said once that uh, birds flock, fish school, and people tribe. And that's the reason we have events. We go to clubs, that's the reason we drink sororities and fraternities, the reason we go to spiritual institutions, because we want to gather together and have a good time and have fun. And I think when you're talking about sticky subjects, um, like uh, STIs, including checking and AIDS, obviously, super important that you when you can, make it a, a way for people to be able to engage. Um, and I think specific topics like uh, the use of condoms, for example, on National Condom Day, which is always, as from my experience, been spearheaded by Max, um, it's always been so cool to have uh, these kind of events done so people can have a good time, but also learn, in this case, the importance of wearing a condom. Uh, there's so many events like that that I think are great. What's one coming up soon is the um, National Awareness Day, uh, National Black Awareness Day for HIV. Um, this is also an opportunity to be in collaboration with other organizations that do the kind of work that we're doing to help to educate folks um, about the importance of being tested, treated, knowing your status, etc. 
And I think that, um, you know, AHF is an advocacy driven organization as much as it is anything else, uh, you know, fighting for people who can't fight for themselves is, is it's in our blood. It's part of every day who we are. So protests, social media rallies, um, marches, those are just obvious avenues for that. Um, but uh, just to hit point, like um, Lauren asked, in regards to like why we do events, I mean, um, events and engagement is the best way that as as people, we, we learn. It's a lot easier to kind of really get the education you're trying to convey to people. Um, health is a very taboo topic for everyone. Um, and through events, it's a way for us to really uh, make it lighthearted, uh, make it fun. And people are more receptive to to learn um, about stuff that they might not feel comfortable talking about otherwise. And so what is the uh, brainstorming process like uh, when we put on these large scale events? And, you know, how do we come up with themes and things like that? Um, I from our end, <laughs> from our end, um, one of the things we really focus on and, and we really try to make it purposeful is uh, really looking at statistics um, where we're needed the most. Um, I know for, for instance, ICD, we look at where um, STI rates um, are going off the roof and we kind of try to focus on that, um, utilizing statistics and and, um, and numbers that we've been able to gather. Um, and then really go where we're needed, which is also something we strive with. Um, we are located, um, our map is cut into three regions, north, south, and, and west. So we really try to look at, um, out of those regions where we're needed the most, um, and also where we're located too. Um, it is, it's a form of marketing and it's a form of advertising our services. Um, but also coming to, uh, places where, where we're needed the most and the information is, is required. Um, so that's kind of like how we start, um, to look at the map in regards to where we're going to go first. Um, and also the message, um, I know we work with Michael in regards to the campaigns that we're going to be using and really, uh, utilizing and, and we utilize that all through data. Yeah. We also take into account, um, different things that are happening, current events that are happening in the world right now. So, um, we had a theme that was the other pandemic because of what was happening at that point. Ebony, I also want to get you involved into this part of the conversation, too, because I think a huge component to some of our events, too, is uh, the partners that we have. Um, we all know when we go to Florida, you know, anytime, you know, we have a press conference or things like that, you're really instrumental in getting politicians to show up. And, you know, those local folks in the community, um, even case in point, you know, we have the privilege of doing a podcast with some of your folks from SOFA. Um, which I didn't even know that you did. So you have real roots in that um, in the Florida area when it comes to community engagement and community partners. So how are those relationships built out and what goes into them? Well, first I'll say ATFK Foundation, obviously a, a global nonprofit. It's important to sort of note the history of the work that's been done uh, way before any of our time. Um, and I think as we evolve and look to the future, I think you have to consider small nonprofits and community leaders and uh, local, statewide, and obviously federal um, elected officials that have that may not be well-versed on what is going on in the ASO aid service organization space. Um, I think you also have to consider that in order for people to be an advocate, whether you work for the organization or a partner for the organization, people need to have a reason to buy into some of the work that we're doing. 
Um, and I think it's important to be able to do so by um, working with community leaders um, and what's important to them. So it could be the Urban League of Broward County, for example, that may not be have may not have any programs that are specific to HIV and AIDS. But maybe they're do, doing work in low income housing. Uh, maybe they're obviously doing work within the Black community and within the Black diaspora. Um, maybe it's a lesbian-led organization or an organization for 55-plus community. Um, I, I think it's important, and uh, statistics show that when you work in collaboration with organizations that, that have intersectionality but may not be exactly alike, um, you, you reach a wider audience. And so that's the reason why we sort of have looked to strategic partnerships as a way to be able to build um, stronger relationships with AHF. Um, so for what you mentioned, with an advisory board I started um, about a year and a half ago now uh, with different uh, people from the community that do that deal with unionizing sex work and um, creating better uh, political a better political framework for the transgender community, um, et cetera. And so it was important for us to be able to bring these communities together to highlight the work A. Jefferson, obviously, but also highlight these other nonprofits that are doing great work, um, again, in these intersectional spaces so that we can better um, inform communities of color and uh, teenagers, young people in general, older people, um, about where the disease is headed, where medicine is headed, how they can be better advocates if they want to, uh, things like that. So that's part of the work that we're doing um, here in South Florida, um, but in general when it comes to coalition building. Yeah, and that really, I feel like, translates across the board um, because a lot of what you guys do in South Florida, we end up doing in the North and in the West as well in terms of uh, community partners. Um, So the next thing I want to get into is what exactly goes into events like when we put on something like World AIDS Day? Um, So, Max, I don't know if you want to take this and kind of walk through a start to finish or ICD, whichever you prefer, and just kind of go from start to finish. I mean, um, once we start planning really the strategy of where we're going to go first, um, usually it takes, uh, we sit down with Michael and we kind of go over um, what are fun ways and ideas that we can kind of bring into life and incorporate our advocacy uh, message and component to it. Um, And then we start really um, honing in on songs and or plays, um, like for instance, this year we're doing the West Side Story, and as we did last year as well. Um, so we kind of take that idea and we try to incorporate our message in it. So we start to uh, turn songs into parodies, um, utilizing the message, um, kind of keeping on the edutainment part of of the event, um, and then we really start to. Um, once the message is clear, then we start to kind of looking into uh, dance agencies uh, for ICD. Um, and then we start really honing in the, the promotion aspect of it. Um, and then once the that's all built and we have our cast and crew, then we start to rehearse. Um, usually it's about a three to four months process. Um, and then uh, the fun part really begins the last three weeks which we're kind of in now, which things start to kind of pick up really quick. Um, there's a lot of uh, fittings, uh, costumes, um, all the fun parts and making sure things are ready to go. Um, and then we kind of come into uh, the region and put the shows together. Um, but within that whole process, it's the, it's the whole, right, setting up the budgets, um, looking at venues, um, 
really um, looking at community partners. This is where, from my end, we kind of go in. Uh, we really work with these venues that are that are really uh, understanding of what we're trying to convey and that are really to willing to work with us um, so that we are not charged uh, as a regular uh, event producer. Um, and then it's kind of like the the heavy load of the work where it comes is really uh, kind of pinpointing those community partners that are willing to join the, the mission and the message. Um, but overall, it's a, it's a, it's a fun process that, that we all engage and love in doing. And I know um, you kind of share some of that when it comes to uh, the World AIDS Day in regards to like finding the venue and like dealing with all the stuff that comes along that route. Yeah, I think for me, um, like when it comes to World AIDS Day, um, I do enjoy, enjoy doing production at the end of the day. Um, so that is very much the process is figuring it's always comes down to the budget at the end of the day. We can't do anything without the budget. We know that. So um, kind of once that gets finalized and we get um, Michael's insight to kind of what his vision is, always adapting it is always um, a fun process. Um, I think the one thing that I always have to deal with is the the talent piece of everything. And um, it's always interesting because people kind of ask me, like, what's what's dealing with talent? Like, what's that like? Um, I started it about four years ago with Max, actually, when I was in events. And um, it was kind of just something where we realized we had a lot going out in terms of money. We needed to save some money. So we kind of had the discussion like, well, you kind of know some people. So can you just figure it out? And in the true AHF way, you figure it out, right? Um, it's sink or swim. So um, throughout that process, um, I actually was like, oh, I actually do know some people in the industry. Um, and it's kind of morphed into part of my role. Um, and it's been four years. But um, people always kind of think, I think that like, you know, talent is greedy or, you know, some other prices may be high and things like that. But one thing that I learned is that it's really a business kind of just like what we do, you know, artists have, you know, employees and staff that they have to pay. So, you know, they have lighting directors and audio engineers and all these different people, you know, costume designers, hair and makeup. And so it's all these different people that are involved. Um, so it's interesting to see their business and breakdown in relation to what we're trying to do in terms of messaging. Um, but it's always really fun when it comes to show day, when you finally see all the hard work come to fruition. Um, and then you get that positive feedback from the audience and, you know, the message was understood and they walk away with a good feeling. So they're, they're always fun to plan and to kind of get to the finish line for sure. It's definitely fun. It all starts with a number and then the event day is like this huge structure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So since we were talking about budgets, I'm going to turn it over to the budget man here, um, Kevin. Um, how are we able to keep such huge events free to the public? How do we do this? <laughs> um, well, thank you. I, I think um, how we do it is um, is less relevant than why we do it, right? So the, the why we do it is really because um, all of our events, all of our shows, um, all of our uh, our uh, what a protest and everything they're for a reason they're for a cause they're for a message so um what we want to do is get more people in the seats because then they're going to learn something um i know uh, one of my favorite things when we throw our events is to kind of listen to the crowds afterwards and and uh when you hear somebody talking to their friend and they say i didn't know that about herpes uh it just that's that's the point of what we're doing right so um so that's that's why we make sure that they're accessible to everybody 
just to add to that, it's always fun. Um, and you, from the new show, to hear people hum and sing the parody, I mean, you did your job, right? They're, they're singing the song that is that is not the original version, and they're singing the verses, which is talking about the the protection and that, you know, our main message for ICD is safer is sexy. So you've done your job if people are humming and singing the words to the songs afterwards. Um, so I wanted to ask, too, do you guys have a favorite uh, favorite event or a favorite memory from an AHF event? And it can be from any year that you guys have been here or maybe we're just a volunteer at the time or worked in an affinity group capacity. So, Kevin, you want to start? Um, yeah, I guess um, going back to what I just said, um, it was an affinity group event and we had a guest speaker um, that was talking about um, the different uh, – ways that you can get um stds stis and uh i heard somebody afterwards say to their friend um oh the more sex you have the more likely it is you could get one and i it just changed that person's life and and so um i thought that was great i said common sense isn't always common so <laughs> uh max um i have i have a few but actually uh one of my most favorite events is uh, our Pride activations. Um, it, it goes along with why I'm here with AHF and um, having the opportunity to provide testing to people um, while we're at Pride is, uh, is definitely something that it's always good when you see someone that wasn't aware that they were positive and now we're able to uh, really point them towards the right directions. You know, um, the message is definitely is not the end. Um, and we have ways to continue to thrive. Um, and that opportunity that we provide to the community is always something that I enjoy providing or being part of that. Ebony, what about you for your favorite memory? I would say over the years, there have just been so many. I mean, honestly, it's sort of corny, but um, I, I think that there, when you see how to Kevin's point, people's sort of face lights up when they have an aha moment, whether it was obvious or not. It's sort of cool to see how, like, educating people could impact their lives. And I think because we're sort of in the work every day, you forget that to a certain degree, this is purpose work. You know what I mean? Like, it's very meaningful. People's lives could be completely altered because one AHF exists, another ASO is like it, but that they went to an event, got a condom, and didn't get an STI because of the work they were doing, or educated themselves and got on prep as a result. I mean, so many things take place that we may never be aware of. Um, and I am 100% sure that happens um, because of events that uh, we put on uh, day after day or participated with other organizations. So um, I don't know that I could pinpoint one. So for me, I think mine would be um, our 2018 World AIDS Day show that we did in New York. Um, I always find it really interesting how, you know, Michael's able to incorporate different communities in um, very unique ways back to the message. So the fact that we did something like at the Apollo, the iconic Apollo Theater in New York, and we kind of um, paid tribute to those who, you know, died of AIDS, you know, on Broadway was just kind of very special. And you guys all know I'm a theater and dance kid, too. So it was just kind of a full circle moment for me. Um, but it was just um, it was very heartfelt, I think, that night. And plus, we had some of our patients come up on stage and kind of share their stories. So it was um, it was just really special uh, for sure. So I think that would be my favorite. But 
So we are pretty much at time. So I do have one final question. Um, and it's probably going to go to Max, Kevin, or Ebony, you can jump into, but how can people get involved? Um, we know we have staff that volunteer for our events and participate in those things, but how are people that are, you know, going to hear this episode that may not be within directly within the AHF, you know, hemisphere, but outside of it and want to get involved and participate? Um, so we have two, two answers for you. Um, we also, um, we have a link on at ahfevents.org page. If you want to volunteer, just click on the volunteer link, submit your information um, so that when we are locally, we can reach out to you um, for participation. Um, and then uh, for our staff, we are starting our ambassador program. Um, and basically we are, uh, we are, we've been looking for uh, local team leaders that can really help us spread the words um, so that we can also get other staff involved. Um, I know Kevin's um, team, the engagement team spearheading that, um, and he can tell more about it, but it's definitely um, something that we are always striving to, to include everyone, the community and our staff. Yeah, just make sure to look um, out for any volunteer opportunities um, through the Inside Scoop uh, newsletters or the Inside Scoop email blasts. Um, and we always do welcome if anybody wants to bring their friends or family to come volunteer as well. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been another great episode and we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please subscribe, share it with your friends, like, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Follow us on Instagram at After Hours and see you next time.